0: I'm a feminist, but I'm in my jumpsuit era and I'm willing to risk a UTI because it does mean I pee a lot less.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I go into the loo about one time in three that I would if I were wearing a skirt or trousers.
2: Yeah, but I, I, just, I wouldn't go if I were you at all because how do you even get it down? Well,
0: I had to ask, I have to, this one is particularly, it's an amazing jumpsuit, it's my favourite. It's really amazing, for those listening, it was fantastic. Thank you, thank you, it's a bombshell one. But the zip at the back is quite hard to reach, and so I just have to ask, you know, I might ask you tonight, can you quickly zip it down? It's more than zipping it up, actually. I have often asked a woman in a loo, just a random woman in a loo, (laughs) could you please just zip me up?
2: But that's so nice, isn't it? I love those friendships that are created in in women's bathrooms
0: fleeting but amazing
2: yeah and I would say like I've got in um, nightclubs some of the, the you, you always get advice and it's always the worst most life ruining oh, yeah. advice <laughs> oh. that anyone could possibly have <laughs> given you with, like some honey called Rachel from Liverpool being like the thing is you've got to fucking leave him darling <laughs> that kind of thing so <laughs> talking about my dad here Rachel <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but it's fantastic isn't it because in that moment you feel like Rachel is going to be your best friend and you're going to hang out every day for the rest of your life you feel seen yeah
0: Rachel will have a tampon Rachel will have a lipstick Rachel will have She'd a tissue she get confused they'd all be going in the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> Rachel will have a tissue if you've been crying yeah Rachel will have life advice as you say mm-hmm. always appalling yeah um, but
2: but so i die for Rachel i die for her
0: in that moment
2: you <laughs> absolutely. absolutely
0: do you know the other place that's good is at uh, fitting rooms oh. where women say to each other, they just come out, you come out in something and you're looking at, you're trying to buy a dress to wear to someone's wedding or something and you come out and a woman will just look over and go, you can do better. <gasps> no, but they'll go, no, yeah. the blue one was better. You, no, you, that is not as flattering on you as it could be. It's not showing you off. You looked incredible in the blue one and that is not showcasing your wonders. And
2: <laughs> all they go, you've got to buy it. You go, well, I can't afford it. You And then suddenly they're it. like doing a GoFundMe. They've just like... <laughs> you have to have this. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, the, you have to have it. And when a team of women gang up yeah. on you in a fitting room and you say, well, you have, have to have it, and you go, well, it's a bit out of my price range. I was just sort of trying it on for you fun, and I'm to. not sure. No, you must. You must. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sell a kidney if necessary.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I'm a feminist, but I would only ever procreate with a man above six foot four because I want to give birth to a monster child. <laughs> Like, my dream is to, like, no, imagine taking, right, hear me out. (laughs) Imagine taking your large monster child through the gates of primary school on their first day and going, here, try and bully that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I think it would just be unbullyable.
0: But are you then creating your own bully?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you've you've got the premise of the bit. Um, Uh, So, I guess it's that philosophical question of, like, would you rather be a bully or be bullied? And for my child, bully. <laughs> <laughs> that's the decision I've made. It's a dog-eat-dog dog word out there. No, well, obviously I don't mean that. but Obviously you don't mean that. Maybe you... they, a gentle giant.
0: <laughs> well, I think your child... I think yeah. the truth is your child would be the gentle giant who would... Uh, I don't know if that's inclusive language, but would be a gentle giant who <laughs> would protect smaller children from the bullies. That yeah. would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be really The bully nice.
2: protector. The bully protector. That's yeah. what I want. That's why... If there's any men over six foot four in here, I would like a conversation after the show.
0: <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I've never fancied Liam from One Direction until I saw he had a driving ban, and I thought, well, that's given him a bit of an edge. <laughs> that's a bit of an edge. What? No, I know what? that's not right at all, but that's the point of this section. <laughs> it's a confessional.
2: And what, what you have to understand is, like, Liam Payne has always had too much of an edge, Deborah. It, what? Oh, he, he's... Yeah, he's the worst one of One Direction. What what do you mean worst one? Would you like me to order them? Okay, bottom. (laughs) Liam Payne, Louis Tomlinson, Niall, Zayn, Harry. That's the order that they go in from worst to best.
0: I I think, to be honest, Louis and Niall... Are you
2: drawing a chart?
0: I'm just writing down Louis and Niall's names so I don't forget them. because
2: (laughs) They are very forgettable to be fair.
0: I could definitely, obviously, everyone knows Harry Styles. We can all pick him out of a police lineup and would if asked. Because he might need a lift home. Um, uh, I used to think, when people say they fancy Harry Styles, I was like, that child from X-Factor, he's won me over. Now, um, so Harry Styles, and I know Zayn,
2: because he's the one that got sad and left... And I saw that. I saw that. No, no, no. So you've I, done this. What she's th- so. I've written backstage. S- Deborah was trying to name all of One Direction, and I would like you to guess what she thinks Zayn's surname is. It's.
0: It, I'm sure it's right. Go on. Read out. Zayn
2: Malik. What is it? <laughs> Malik. 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 No. Not Mal- Malik. 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 Okay. Okay. Malik. Malik. Oh, Malik. <laughs>
0: Oh, Malik, Malik. Malik, okay. Malik. Uh, Malik, okay. All right, well, so he's not saying mallet, not saying kitchen mallet, <laughs> no. but he's the one, and I knew he was going to leave. Do you know? Because he actually had a bit of a meltdown because he couldn't do the dancing in X Factor. I used to yeah. watch X Factor in those days. Do you remember that when they they were making all the boys dance and he had a meltdown and said he was going to go home? And Simon took him aside and said, gave him a talking to, and said, "Come on, mate,
2: do your dance,
0: do your dance," because I think you're really good. And if he if he hadn't, because if he'd just said, "Well, fuck you," then like if you don't want to do the dance, you haven't got the show business yeah, stuff. Yeah. He would have just gone home and been broke. Yeah. But as it is, he's one of the richest and most miserable people in the world. Um, so, so
2: I know you, that one because you saw that him do that dance on X Factor you know
0: I sensed that he wasn't going to at some point that, he was going to depart you that
2: seven years later he was going to depart
0: I knew that he probably wasn't <laughs> cut out for the business because he couldn't do the dance and Simon probably shouldn't have called him back but there you are now he's very sad and, but he's got money for therapy it's fine um, there are people I feel sorry for honestly uh, then there's Liam who I do know and Niall and Louis honestly yeah, if you said to me, I'm going to destroy something you love, unless you absolutely categorically say, this one's Louis and this one's Niall,
2: it would be a real toss-up. It, you may be about to, um, my, you know, destroy my jumpsuit. The rule of thumb is, um, Niall, blonde and Irish, Louis, brown hair and looks like a rat. <laughs> it's just a rule of thumb to go by. <laughs> yeah, he it's looks, looks, looks like, like a rat. A, he, just, he, like does, he doesn't look like a member of a boy band. He's, he's he? not at all. We can't do just Googling on a podcast, can we? No, I'm Talk going to. No, I'm going to. I don't think any of them... They all look like boy bands to me. Who here thinks that Louis Tomlinson looks like he belongs in a boy band? There we fucking go.
0: These people, half that of them don't,
2: can't picture him. They just think, they're thinking, I don't know which
0: one he is. Exactly. Just give us a cheer if you categorically know what Louis from One Direction looks like. Woo! And give us a cheer if you think he does look like, fair enough, he should be in a boy band.
1: Oh, no,
0: you you, they're on your side. Okay, we're loitering too long on this, I feel. Oh, oh, if I were his mum, I'd be really proud. (laughs) I'd be really proud. If I were his mum, I'd think, oh, I'd think he was
2: handsome. Yeah, but he's like, like handsome if you're going to a nightclub above a Burton's. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not handsome... If he's in the world's most famous oh boy band. Who'd be in
0: show business? Because there's
2: somebody sitting
0: around talking about me like this. <laughs> there's somebody going, oh no, I wouldn't.
2: I'm a feminist, but I'd only ever want to procreate with an extremely ripped athletic footballer. Because as well as my monster child, I want um, 10 other athlete children so that I have enough for my own football team. <laughs>
0: a queer woman planning on an Edinburgh hour so fascinating it'll blow all Edinburgh hours out of the water because you were going to do my year of procreation yeah with straight men who I'm like it sounds like eugenics what you're doing
2: yeah kinda um yeah, it kind of is actually. Yeah. I just want like some I think we I think we, we, we eleven perfect children to yeah, be in a okay. football team so that I could do sort of my own Ted Lasalle sort of it would be like Ted Lasalle meets the sound of music. You, know? I- you find out what happens if the Von Traps all have flares up their asses. <laughs> Chloe, so I think I think speaking of the sound
0: of music, that yep. was a period where eugenics was explored and very much
2: seemed to be the greatest evil ever visited on humankind. I thought we were allowed to get whatever we wanted off our, off our chest during this bit, but apparently I've gone too weird. You absolutely can. Again, you might have missed the turn-off. Now...
0: I'm a feminist, but I'm dabbling in eugenics. That's not normally what we get. We normally get things like, I'm a feminist, but, oh, I can't go out without my eyeliner and stuff like that. What? What? Um, Okay, all right, I'm going to do another one. Um, I'm a feminist, but I was recently asked for my beauty secret by a journalist who was doing one of those sort of, you know, flippant questions at the end of an interview and I was fucking thrilled because I've always wanted to be asked what my beauty secret is and I answered what what did you answer? um, use hair conditioner as shaving cream for your legs (laughs) it's because you don't need shaving foam you don't need to buy shaving foam and if you don't do anything proper you can get cuts and things like that yeah so the best thing is already in your shower you've already got it it's right there and it it nourishes it's so slidey you, you won't get any cuts you don't need any special thing wherever you are you're in a hotel there's always conditioner yeah it's so slidey and it leaves your legs satiny smooth that's my beauty secret that's really good thank you Oh, I was so thrilled to be asked, and I know I shouldn't be. I, women campaign not to be asked those questions, <laughs> and I was fucking thrilled. Listen, I know, I know, I know. You're not. There's a whole campaign. Don't ask her who she's wearing. Can you please ask me though? <laughs> I want. I want to be asked. I like it. I like. What, who funny. are you wearing? Uh, bombshell.
2: I'm a feminist, but I'd only ever want to procreate with a man who's tall, dark, and handsome because I don't want ugly kids. <laughs> Well oh, that's a joke.
0: It's just... Oh, I thought you were... Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The
1: Guilty Madness
0: with me, never represents my by co-host Chloe Patson, our very special guest, Daisy Hannah, talking about questioning everything. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, and with me is Chloe Petz, and we're talking about questioning everything. So that was an example of me... um, running into the patriarchy. It was sort of like a metaphor for how sometimes you just get tripped up by things that, you know, structures, power structures. This is, that was like a lot. Lar- if I keep doing this, then I'm going to knock the water over it, and then I'm going to have to make up a metaphor for that. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming out on a wet Monday night. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, so, just to start off, if you don't know what this is, it's a podcast, and a podcast is radio that nobody stops you making. Um, it's, uh, that's why women do it so often. The normal channels are, of course, closed down to us and have been for some years. They're opening up a bit more now. I feel like we're jamming them open due to things like successful podcasts and other, other things. The homemade stuff. Um, stuff that we make at home out of sellotape and sticky-back plastic. You've brought a sandwich. I admire that. And <laughs> you've sat in the front row with an egg mayonnaise sandwich. And do you know why I admire that? I admire a woman who's just happy to eat and understands that if she's going to get all the work and all the feminism and all the entertainment done, she's going to have to take a packed lunch.
2: <laughs> I like
0: it. I think more women should take a packed lunch. Half the time, we end up start going, have they got any crisps? I'm starving, I'm fainting. And then, you know, at going home and eating half a loaf of bread, we're not looking after ourselves well. What I admire here... No, don't put it away. Have I made you self-conscious by drawing attention to your egg salad sandwich? Don't... Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, don't. She wasn't putting it away, she was just putting it down so she could show me she also had a glass of Prosecco. Excellent. Um, I'm thrilled to hear it. Uh, Just give us a cheer if you're more feminist than guilty. Give us a cheer if you're feeling more guilty than feminist. Hmm. Give me a cheer if you feel like you're evenly straddling guilt and feminism. don't feel like I feel that like was an even three-way <laughs> referendum that's a, a balance not normally struck by referendums I'll be honest um so sometimes I do a little bit before we start the show proper by asking people who thinks they've got a feminist job just give us cheer and it might not be your job job it might be another job that you have but if you think you've got a feminist job uh please cheer <laughs> excellent uh what's your job can I ask gynecologist, gynecologist. yes so that's a feminist job a feminist job Absolutely. Absolutely. See, if someone says they're like a massage therapist or a chiropractor, you often want to say, don't you, I've just got a bit of a twinge there, and I really was tempted to go... Sometimes, you know, it gets a funny feeling. And can you... But that's, you're off the clock here. You're here to stock up on feminism. You're not here to be milked for gynecological advice. I will keep my vaginal questions for my own doctoral sessions, as is right and proper. Anyone else think they've got a feminist job? Yes? What's yours? A home birth midwife. midwife. So in the same area, in the same general region, same vaginal region, excellent. I have no questions for you. I have no questions at all for you. I have no intention of giving birth, and if I did, it would certainly not be at fucking home. I would want to be all of the machines, all of the doctors, all of the... I wanted to say ammunition. That's not what it's called, is it? What's it called when they... Drugs, thank you. Um, uh, Anaesthetic, I meant to say, but I said ammunition, and I think that's how I was feeling about pushing something the size of a watermelon out of a hole the size of a tampon. Give me amu-fucking-nition, if necessary. Um, anybody else? Anybody else got a feminist job? Yes? Yes, what's yours? Yes, you. You're an international human rights lawyer. Wow. We need you right now. Um, there seem to be so few human rights going about at the moment. Are you very busy? It's very depressing. Are you very busy at the moment? What are you working on? Okay, all right. You can't, you can, you're, wow, you're like a top secret human rights lawyer. You're working for the government, or I hope you're not working for the government. I don't think they employ many human rights lawyers at the, at the government, do they? They're just generally trying to dodge them. Human rights organizations, so we represent individuals. Individuals who have claims against the state. This state or other states? Multiple, any. Any state, any state, okay. Uh, well, thank you very much for your work, uh, all of you. To be honest, um, you love midwives and gynaecologists; they're your jam. Well, that's you know the very first right I think is to be born well and easily, and probably at home in a calm way, where you just do breathing the way I wouldn't have definitely not do it. Um, C-section me up, right nice. I haven't knock me out get it out tummy tuck wake me up in a week and a half it's good I'm kidding of course that's not the way to do it that's a joke that's a feminist it is what I would do but it's a joke it's not um has anybody else has anybody got a job that they think is not feminist give us a cheer yes you sound you sound unhappy about it suitably what's your job that's unfeminist A property company in Saudi Arabia. Wow. So you're the anti-her. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you this. Do you do any stealth feminism in your job? Because I find people with the worst unfeminist jobs generally are doing Trojan horse feminism. Are you secretly doing anything in Saudi Arabia that you can talk about given no one knows who you are and we won't ask you your name? You're trying to. You're trying to. What, do, what kind of things do you try to do? Getting women the jobs in the company. And then what? That's as far as you've got. But once you've got enough women, that's time for a revolution, I would think. Yeah, a property Saudi revolution. So just keep, at the moment... Yeah, well, exactly, you need to talk to the human rights lawyer about what you can do when you've got enough women in the company to host a revolution. I am a feminist, but I also have a certain amount of sort of politeness, thank you note in me that I would host a revolution. I've just realised <laughs> that's what I just accidentally said. Emily Post, how to host a revolution. Um, anybody else? Anyone think they've got a non-feminist job? Yes. A feminist job that sounds unfeminist? We might have a top trumps here. What's your feminist job that sounds unfeminist? I'm an artist and I make food that you can't eat. An artist and you make food that we can't eat. I'm still thinking. So why do you make food that we can't eat? Is it like pop art? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's gluten-free and sugar-free. That's irrelevant if you can't eat it. <laughs> it's a free-from-range you can't eat. You put, just put it all in, I would say, if you can't eat it. It's gluten-free and sugar-free. Yeah, ceramics naturally are. Oh, ceramics are naturally. Okay, so you make a ceramic hamburger and it's free of meat. I haven't made hamburgers yet. What are you I'm making? So I'm making sweets and biscuits. Sweets and biscuits, but that I can't eat. Yeah. What, 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 what's the artistic statement there? Is it about the nature of the sugar industry, or is it about what we desire with our eyes and deny ourselves? Yeah, you're getting it. All those things. And I think I'm really good at art. I'm really, really good. I haven't even seen that art, but I've correctly interpreted it. I think I would be really good at writing those little cards in galleries, because I think I always know what it means, even when the artist doesn't. But I th- also think when you ask artists, does it mean this? They just go yeah because it means partly what you think it means um well uh, that's exciting what's your do you have an instagram or anything yeah gina wilkinson gina Wilkinson. Gina with two e's, gina with two es. i'm showing um oh i see G E e e you're at the battersea affordable art fair okay so go along and buy a biscuit you'll never eat <laughs> but that if it's ceramic it's probably quite lickable because it's probably glazed isn't it <laughs> I would probably lick it late at night when i because I'd allowed myself no chocolate in the house. I'd think, oh no, don't, because you just eat it late at night. And the next morning you feel a bit sick and you think, why did I do that? So if I had lickable, lickable biscuits, I might be like, just close your eyes and pretend. Um, all right, anybody got an unfeminist job they want to tell us about? Yes, go on. A menswear bespoke tailor. See, I can see lots of opportunities of feminism there. <laughs> of pieced feminism. Do you ever do Trojan horse feminism when you're tailoring for men? You belittle them. <laughs> wow. Is that if they're like rich wankers, though? You don't just belittle men who come in <laughs> as a matter of course. It's not, you're not in it for the belittling. You're not there measuring their inside leg and going, Mmm shorter than many I did have a man in the middle of the pandemic write to me and say he loved the guilty feminist but he wanted me to mock the size of his penis and he just sent me unsolicited pictures of his penis and I don't normally get dick pics and I don't I really really don't and lots of comedians do and I just don't get them but I did but he said I love the podcast and I love that you know I've learned a lot about feminism and here are some pictures of my penis would you mock it and because that would bring me sexual gratification and because, if you could say it was very small and the irony was it was one of the largest penises I'd ever seen <laughs> and I felt like this is, you know, A, no no, 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 I'm not here for that I'm not down for that but even if I wanted to I felt like I couldn't but I imagine he's listening to this and getting quite a kick out of it And on that note, would you like to hear some stand-up comedy? Yeah. And please welcome to the stage,
2: the incredible Chloe Pants. Hey guys, it's still me. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about gender difference and how I realised it was a very important thing from a young age. So um, I, I, like, you know when kids are really small, slash large in my case um, there should sort of be no difference between like a little boy and a little girl right like you know if you shaved a child and forced them to wear a hemp sack um, which you shouldn't um, but for the sake of science you were to shave a child and force it to wear a hemp sack you couldn't really tell which one was a girl and which one was a boy but um, I know that we sort of internalised gender difference at my primary school from a very young age because um, at my school we had two toilets both alike in dignity okay (laughs) These toilets were exactly the same. Um, but we arbitrarily decided that one toilet was going to be a girl's toilet and one toilet was going to be a boy's toilet. And um, at that time, we didn't really know about sort of the unisex or the gender-neutral toilets. Um, but we probably all know what unisex and gender-neutral toilets are now. I'll just explain them just in case people don't know. If you want to get to the unisex or the gender-neutral toilet, all you do is run headfirst at the wall between the ladies and the gents. <laughs> like it's platform nine and three quarters. Um, LAUGHTER Honestly, crazy to me that J.K. Rowling's a transphobe when she literally came up with the technology <laughs> for the gender-neutral toilet. But we, we didn't know about the gender-neutral or the unisex toilets when we were small, so we decided one, one of our toilets at primary school was a girl's toilet, one was a boy's toilet. Now, there was always a big queue for the girl's toilet, there was never any queue uh, for the boy's toilet, and we know why that is, there's never a queue for the boy's toilet, and that's because um, you fuckers, you don't wash your hands. <laughs> even though you piss round a trough holding your horrid little willies. <laughs> and they are horrid. <laughs> and they are little. Um, uh. <laughs> so there was a big queue, this, this, this one day, there was a big queue for the girls' toilet, there was no queue for the boys' toilet. And on this, this one fateful day, um, what happened is a girl broke, a girl named Tara broke from the back of the girls' toilet queue, uh, queue and she, she started making a beeline for the boys' toilet, and we thought, wow, what a day. What a day. this is absolutely unprecedented, and um, we didn't even know we knew that word because there hadn't been a global pandemic yet. But um, <laughs> um, so, so, so she sort of goes to his toilet. We're going to let it play out, see what happens. I think this is going to be a wonderful day for us all. Um, what then happens is a girl named Joanne um, stops Tara, and Joanne, I'll describe her. She she probably describes herself as like the most popular girl in the year. Um, I describe her as an evil bitch. Um, <laughs> And I don't usually say that about seven-year-olds, but um, on this occasion, I'm just She stopped her and she goes, no, no, Tara, you can't go in there. You can't go into that toilet. You can't go into that toilet. That's a boy's toilet. If you go in there, what will happen is you'll grow ugly. <laughs> and then your hair will all fall out and you'll get quite like a drastic boy's cut, maybe like a short back and sides. And then you'll be a boy and you won't be allowed to, to hang out with us. That's very really basic year two science, isn't it? It's very really basic year two science. Now... What then happened is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Tara just continues walking past her, her towards the boys' toilet and goes, God, it's all just poo and wee. <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm now part of the London li- liber- liberal metropolitan elite. I've never heard more compelling gender activism than the phrase, it's all just poo and way." <laughs> and that's something that we all need to learn that it's all just put on because we're in the midst of this culture war left versus right and um, as the left I'm assuming we're probably all on the left in this room we made a big mistake during the culture war which is we let the right decide where we were going to fight the war and they did go with toilet um <laughs> Not like the sort of noble places we used to fight the wars of yesteryear. You know, like Winston Churchill was like, we'll fight them on the beaches. Lovely, you know? Don't usually love that man's policies, but on this occasion, I'm like, yes, queen, go off, okay? (laughs) We will fight them on the beaches. We'll build a little sandcastle, play on the penny slot machines, have a lovely war, it'll be fantastic. Whereas our right wing have decided to fight our war in a place where I once did a shit so big they had to retire the toilet. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I've been Chloe Pets. Cheers.
1: Chloe Pets, everybody!
0: Hello, Guilty Feminist, this is Deborah. We've got some new live shows coming in 2024. Tickets are on sale now for shows at King's Place in London on the 15th of January and 19th of February. Full lineups to be announced, but you know we always get the best co-hosts and the most interesting guests. And we'll be announcing our Australian and New Zealand dates very soon. So keep an eye on the website, guiltyfeminist.com. That's also the place to go for Big Speeches workshops from Jessica Regan. These take place on Zoom, and they've helped so many people sharpen up their presentation skills, find their voice, and take their power. For dates and to book, go to guiltyfeminist.com/slash big speeches. There are also a small number of subsidized places if you need them. And if you're enjoying this episode, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen and give us a five-star review. And a few lovely words, it really does help other people find the podcast, and so does talking about it on social media, or even mentioning it to a friend with your face. You can also get ad-free episodes by subscribing on Patreon, Apple Podcasts, or ACAST+. That's all from me here, back to the podcast. Today we're going to be just talking about the things we should question more, and our guest today is a writer and actor best known for her roles in hit shows such as Breeders, Uncle, and Episodes and for creating, co-writing, and starring in the brilliant Back to Life. Her latest show, Boat Story, will be airing on the BBC this autumn, and we've just both been allowed to see the first episode um, ahead of time, because we've got a little screener so we can talk about. And I was so gripped by it. I was genuinely gripped. I was only going to watch half an hour, because I had a writing deadline, and I didn't have much time, so I thought, right, I'll watch half an hour, I'll get the idea. I watched the end of it in the cab on the way here. I had to get a cab on the way here because of a reason. And... (laughs) In the back of the cab, I was just like... I had my headphones on because it, uh, I had to sign a disclaimer to watch it. So I didn't let the taxi driver hear it. And I just want that on the record. <laughs> to, not to send me more screens. But I was just like absolutely gripped. And the, and the taxi driver pulled up and I didn't notice he pulled up. And he went, is this it? Are you going to get out? And I was like, yeah, shh. Just, "Oh!" And then the credits rolled. I was like, I will now. Um, she's one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she has always been one of my favorite actresses, and she is a, a genius comic actress. Yeah, please put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Daisy Haggard! Yeah.
3: water there would you like anything stronger oh no not not yet
0: Second so, one in the front
3: row <laughs> we could probably steal <laughs> and a sandwich
0: and a sandwich yeah. I think that's gone now let's be absolutely honest and if you want a suit tailored then
3: I've already got my I own know a now, guy yeah.
0: yes <laughs> I'm sure you've got a job and you need to not be tailoring every single person you meet a free suit but any of us would take a free suit if you're looking into departing more womanwood. um because uh, if men get tailoring, women don't not to get tailoring. I'd love a
3: tailored suit.
0: We'd all love a tailored we suit. We really would. <laughs> we'd come together as a package. We're game, so and nice. And we'd bring
2: cream buns. It's the new lineup of we the could Sugar bear it the same time we'd bring, we'd bring in power suits. We'd yeah. bring
0: cream buns. We would. And we would. Um, and and. Probably prosecco, and we would make you laugh, and we'd all be friends. So then we'd go out for cocktails afterwards. We'd have a lovely time. Daisy would write you a script. We'd probably have to come in a few times though, because of the fittings. Yeah. And we'd we'd try really make an effort to come in together. So that's the best pitch I've got. <laughs> I feel I'm slightly leaning in on Chloe's excellent uh, magic. Yeah, you one. are 100, huh? I'm so anyway. sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> weirdly, the tailor in Daisy's new thriller. Yeah. Is the bad guy. He's French. We can't Say no him. more. We, he's French and he's really, really, really evil. Are you in any way evil? <laughs> she is. She's, she's actually said yes. That's so not where I thought this was going to go. Um, and do all tailors have a side in, in evil stuff, like bad guy stuff, drug running yeah. and murdering <laughs> and stuff?
2: Oh, this, is this is honestly sense. one of the sweetest people I think I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> entire life. Okay yeah we are a little evil <laughs> <laughs> um but we should talk
0: we should talk before we get fully into boat story we should talk about what we question now when you you started with shows like green wing yeah now was green wing in the naughties?
3: oh my gosh
0: was it the 90s? Google <laughs> it. I can't remember.
3: Green,
0: green wing was no. like was it the noughties? Yeah, i think so it was the noughties of of i don't think it was, it was. The 90s. yeah no it, it was, was the naughties. no no Um, It was the noughties. So you were doing shows like that and you did some amazing shows, but presumably you did a lot of shows at that time. Is there anything now as an actor and as a writer and as a person trying to tell stories and trying to tell funny stories, but also trying to
3: tell meaningful stories? Is there anything that you question now? that you didn't question then? Yes, everything. I think I was just so grateful to get any job. I'd be like, oh, that's fine, yeah, I don't mind, whatever. But then you'd feel something afterwards often and think, well, why was that such a crap part? And why did the guy have all the lines? Mm. Um, So I think that we... um, There's a, a dialogue about questioning now that there wasn't in the same way. And, like, even my children, I see them questioning everything in the way that I don't think I did, and I'm so thrilled but um, oh you told me that yeah. you, you, you told your children you were coming on oh this. I was putting some makeup on and my, my daughter just looked at us and she said why are you doing why are you trying to look pretty just be yourself <laughs> oh, and I was really? like oh, well, ugly. <laughs> how, "What? ugly how old you <laughs> how old is she <laughs> that's the nine year old and then she said what, what is it anyway and I sort of explained it. she went oh that's great just say I love my vagina uh, laughter And I was like, okay. And then my five-year-old... We have two vagina experts in the audience tonight, so that would actually have gone down well. my five-year-old went one further, because she's really surreal. We we love Wendy. She's so surreal. She said, just say, it's great being a woman because of my vagina, but if anyone pokes it at the wrong time, she said, if anyone pokes it, then it becomes an angry vagina, so watch out. (laughs) Genuinely. That's what she said. She's obsessed with the phrase "angry vagina," and I don't know where she got it from. And I caught her saying it to my phone on Google. And I just shot because she she's figured out she can't write. She's five, but well, she can sort of. Well, but be. you don't need to Google. But, me. but she no, said it, you know. and then I took it, and there was a, quite a picture. Google that. Didn't have teeth. It had teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Vagina dentum, or something like that. Yeah, dentata, was,
3: yeah. Dentata. But the, all dentata. she wants is to Google that. But anyway, she'll kill
2: me. Maybe she's doing that thing where you know when you talk to your phone and your algorithms get changed. Maybe she's trying to change her algorithm. Well, so you get oh, no. you get loads of suggested <laughs> adverts for angry vaginas. I
3: just don't know how she knows how to do that. I'm quite upset. There's a difference between a, a
0: solicited dick pic, yeah. And a solicited vagina dent
2: dent. What is it called? Dentata. Dentata. Yeah. Yeah. I'd take that as well, though, if anyone's listening. <laughs> I think I'll if, take... your vagina, if your vagina's got teeth, I would like to see it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I haven't had a dick pic either, so I You've so never I had want a, dick pick? a suit and a dick pic. Just one.
2: <laughs> All right. So I just had a um, funny image of the gynecologist having to put um, uh, braces on... The... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, be, I'm being a bit Wendy very, here, being a bit know, surreal. Well, yeah. like, well, Hang out with I'd Wendy. Never
0: thought of that, a vagina with teeth having orthodontic work. Yeah. <laughs> mm, Doing that's just, what I'm here for. You, if I, I, yeah, that's sort of... You'd probably do more of the um, uh, the Visalign one, Invisalign. Yeah, you?
2: Invisalign. Yeah.
0: Rather than braces, because braces would hurt. That would yeah. hurt. Yeah. 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 Too tight.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, we've strayed off.
0: Um, but we are questioning everything here. Uh, so, yeah, so what... When you were younger and starting out, because the stories we tell are very, very, very potent. Yeah. The stories and the, the cultural soup that tells us who's important, who's valuable, who's, what's beautiful, uh, who deserves space, who deserves to be heard. is so, it's, it's so pervasive that when you... Lately, they've been, they've been doing the rounds of uh, showing Chris Evans weighing women on... Do you remember that show he used to do? Oh Thank God, God it's so. Friday. Or oh, TFI yeah. Friday. No, thanks. He it was TFI people? Friday. He And there's one recently where he weighed Victoria Beckham because the Beckham's in the news because of a documentary. And yes. just after she'd had a baby. Oh, my God. And said, eight stone, not bad. And <gasps> someone was saying, in my mind after that, I always thought, eight stone, that's what I've got to be, eight stone, eight stone. Yeah, yeah, I
3: remember looking at the heat, how much do you weigh, and being like, how tall is she? What is she? You know, in your head, you um, think, I know. And I, when I was at drama school, before I left, and I was like, you know... I mean, goodness me, one of the teachers said, you know, you're all right, you might do quite well, but you should probably make sure you lose a couple of stone. And (gasps) I was quite slim. A couple of stone? Yeah, it was like you should basically be quite thin. And I was so upset. Like, for instance, if that happened now, I would fight them <laughs> like if somebody said something like that to anybody do you know what I mean yeah. like I remember just thinking was thank you for, But I was, I, was, I was upset actually no I did give them some shit but I, I, I still there was something about the way it was said that was so sort of sinister that I just kind of went oh okay and you took it on board in some way. I took it on board but then you know didn't really listen someone told me to lose a couple of stone I'd sit on them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like
0: this is why I keep it on a situation so I, like, I can sit on your head uh, can you find, can you see how it's very, very difficult to move now or speak yeah this is why i keep this that extra power. two stone that's right um it's just for emergencies i don't have great <laughs> body strength but i could sit on someone hard um, the power of the squash i'm just saying um so that kind of thing at drama school yeah. and the sort of sectionization of the did you did you have a lot of roles where you were either made to be diminutive or sexualized or yes
3: yeah and also just not as many good parts which is you know that was the main thing and quite often the way is it's like with that's drama school but also i mean obviously there are great female parts in history but they're just not the same amount and when you were auditioning for things, you would, there'd be a description of what the woman looked like. Every single, like, this is, you know, especially 20 years ago, there was always a description of what she looked like in quite a lot of detail, mm-hmm. and that was a big feature. And she was normally somebody's, often somebody's partner. Do you know what I mean? It felt like, it feels like there has been a, a, some movement there. <laughs> Thank God. And now you're a showrunner, you've run yeah. your own show. What is it, and you're
0: writing more for yourself yeah. and for other people. Yeah, other people. What is it that you now... What interests you? What is it... Like, when you're doing a show, what is it that you want to question? What kind of things do you want to question?
3: Well, I suppose I I want to question everything, which is a really lame answer. But I... When I'm writing a show, I want to write... I I spend a long time thinking about what I don't see on Affrontelli and who I don't see and who I want to see and the detail of that. And I just... Want to write really interesting parts for people that the kind of parts that when I came when I started acting I just didn't see a lot of, so and I and I want to question who's the heads of departments and why like you know like on the final series of um, Back to Life we were suddenly turned around and we were like oh my god this is brilliant it's like just a room full of really brilliant women kind and there was a lot of kindness and a lot of um it was like why don't we just run this really nicely why don't we just make sure we have a really good time everyone feels really good about themselves and comfortable and actually then they can do their best work um and i question that i think the big thing i question is 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 this sort of narrative that you have to suffer and have a shit time and everyone has to cry and then you'll do something good because i think that's bullshit i think it's you're making like something you can make it lovely for people because it's going to be hard anyway but like it's it's telly like it's you know what i mean mm. it doesn't have to be aggressive aggressive I mean. and horrible and cold like you can make people feel really good and then they're probably going to be better at what they do
0: yes looking, that's my major thing that's interesting so it was it the way that you had sometimes not
3: been looked after yeah in the industry and a sense of like you know i remember doing a play once and i sort of <laughs> was so awful i was quite early on in my career and i sort of the director was meant to be bully, and I turned around to the group of people and went, so, who do you think he's bullying? Because I can't work it out. And they all went, <laughs> <laughs> and like, who? And they were like, well, you. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh!" because I, I thought that was normal, that someone would talk to you like that or make you feel, you know, yeah. it was like tough love. You know, this do, is tough love. And it's oh. like, that's bullshit. That doesn't need to be like that.
2: Do you think there's an element as, of as well of, like, the notion of, like, art is suffering, where people feel like they need to have sort of Like gone through some experience yeah and of course
3: sometimes that is true like this is not just you know rainbows and unicorns and everything has to be perfect because of course that is true sometimes but why is that the universal law you surely you can also create something really great with people having a good time like Mm, a good time and that weirdly feels revolutionary sometimes (laughs) because people are like what do you mean not everyone was crying or working all weekend and like no like why don't you try not to do that because there are lots of as we all know there's so much pain and suffering and jobs that are really hard and you know, why can't yeah, why why why, why just why, why do we make that happen? Yeah. Because we think that's a sign of art, because it's not necessarily a sign of art. Mm. It can be, but it's not it doesn't have to be.
0: I think a lot of it's come out of the the invention of the male. Auteur, yeah. Mm. Who wants to wield power, power. Mm. and wants to enjoys making people feel small because they that's themselves power. feel insecure and yeah. so that goes on in a loop and there's a lot of that i think in all industries but i i think there's a particular mystique with male directors and male writers sometimes that well he's got to be like that i know he's a monster but he's got to be like that because the art is worth it Mm. and then you see like video of stephen sondheim teaching and he is so lovely and he like supported young writers and looked after people and looked out for people And, and other people who sometimes you come across them and they go, no, no, but they're leading and they're lovely. Yeah. And they make people feel better about themselves. And I just
3: think, well, you're going to get better. Better work out Literally, I'm so bad. If if someone's a bit mean to me, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Or they go like, be funny, and you're like, well, that's gonna, that's fucked it, hasn't it? So you know, for me, that's always been how I work. And then, but I think I used to pretend that wasn't true. I'd be like, no, it's fine. And then now I'm just like, by the way, just be nice to me. Like it's it's a shortcut. If you want to work with like I'm with a director, I'm like, just be nice. <laughs> Give me a couple of goes. Don't don't say it meanly, and we'll be good. <laughs> it's like you know. figure out what you need
0: I do think and I think and certainly not all women lead like that either because not all women lead well because sometimes they feel they've been made to feel very insecure they've been bullied a lot in their career and they think it's either that's how it's done or the same thing happens is they've become insecure and they've got imposter syndrome and they think I've got to flex I've got to flex
2: but like that's just like a structure of like patriarchy that you're describing that any of us can be complicit in do you know what I mean it's not it doesn't depend on your gender whether you like behave in that way.
0: No, not at all. But I think it's a mod, it's sometimes modelled, and I love it when women can break out of that and go, "No, fuck that. Yeah. We can invent our own new thing yeah.
3: that's better." Which it sounds like you did on your well, show. Well, it was so lovely, but to the point where I did, I must be honest, think, oh god, this is going to be shit. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prove myself, you know, myself wrong. But what actually, was- I was happy with it, and um, hmm. yeah, and it was like, you know, yeah, all the it was, yeah, it was just a group of really great women, and one slightly frightened man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As but they was, should be, yeah. <laughs> and so, it, when you um, came to Boat Story, which is a, yeah. a thriller, what was it about this particular script because she must get offered a lot um what was it about this script that made you go uh you know this is this is something new or this is questioning something about the way women have been presented in the past on screen
3: well first of all I thought the script was just so wild I was like this like going on a ride I was like wow I've not read anything like this before and then I loved the fact that the central character was this sort of kind of lost downbeat sort of woman who's who in the end is motivated by the love of like the, the main love story for her is of her son or her stepson who she wants to who she she sort of wants to win win back and she's been dumped in a horrible way and everything has gone wrong and um, she's got no rights to the child she's, even she's though got no rights to the child.
0: acting as his mother since he was born exactly she's got no rights to him so at all. her whole
3: drive in it is is that love which i which i liked and um and the show is is essentially sort of two two people who meet on the beach and they've they both at very low, low points in their life and they stumble across a boat full of drugs and some death and they make a life-changing decision.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we were saying, like, you, you were saying when, you, when they first came across these drugs and these bodies... Oh, yeah. ..you were going, don't do it.
2: Yeah, because yeah. I think there's the really the interesting thing with your character and the, the other lead. Joseph Patterson. Joseph Patterson. Patterson Joseph. Oh, pa- fuck, I
0: knew I would do it. I'm named. I'm just I'm glad that do I, I it right. I can't do names. Okay, let me take it again, because I don't want that in it. Okay, Patterson Joseph. Wait. I think I need to pick it up. Okay, and you say the other lead, and I'll pick it up.
2: Oh, yeah, and the other lead. Patterson Joseph. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that um yeah, I've forgotten the point I was gonna make absolutely of course. <laughs> so sorry. No, 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 not at all, not at all. You I you think no, no, no. they know yeah, that they should say no. Yeah, absolutely, because I I, I think your character like put up like enough fights to to understand why she then made the decision. But you know, like in programmes you're saying like you know, don't go down into the basement. Don't go down to the basement. I'd always be like I won't go down into the basement and then the episode's over for like after <laughs> half an hour. Um but I'm so glad that that your character did say uh yeah. <laughs> say yes let's do it because um it is an amazingly like thrilling and intriguing piece and the thing that I was really interested in asking you about is the like stylistic em- elements because it's not sort of like um you know a bog bog standard no. procedural kind of thing that that hits all of the beats we expect it to there's like more stylistic elements yeah it
3: feels very sort of Coen brothersy doesn't it it's very yes. dark it's it's darkly funny it's blackly comic it's um it's also like it gets kind of madder in in the most brilliant way i feel like they've really the two brothers who wrote it um, and directed the first two episodes i feel like they've really like immersed themselves and really kind of properly sort of just gone right into this world and allowed it to be as sort of original more original than than anything i think i've seen for for a while i, f- I found it really fun and playful and playing with what narratives are Mm. and so we all have our own narrative in it and it's sort of it's just it's just like a wild ride and not like yeah not like a you know a solid normal (laughs) show (laughs) (laughs) definitely what i really really
0: liked about it is that how sympathetic but also um out like at a a low ebb your character is yeah and it really feels like your story because we start with you you have a terrible accident at work yeah um and you've lost your child even though you've got no and you've got no rights to the child and there's a, a a terrible uh just feeling about how low your life is but somehow your character janet is is sort of finding a way to be on top. Like she goes to a, yeah. a, a fairground, really, because she wants to bump into her, her stepson and or her former stepson. And she's uh, shooting. She's in a shooting gallery. Yeah. And there's and she's hitting lots of the you know, which is very kind of latent violence in it. And there's something about it that you think, no, her fortune's going to change, and she's going to kind of force it to change. And there is something kind of empowering about watching it because i think we don't often see women certainly in stories like that who were down on their luck and who are so relatable i think often now we see women who were very good at kicking and punching and shooting and they're yeah. in, they're in slick jumpsuits and stuff like that and the feminist answer to we don't want women to be sprained their ankle and need to be carried anymore she's is now entirely really good normal. Punching. She is so relatable yeah. that she's just like
3: going after something, and she's thrown into a situation. And then she, through that, I think, she has sort of a victim of everything at the beginning, and then in the end, well, and not the end, but you know, her journey is someone who sort of seizes their narrative and tries to change it, even though she gets herself into some very very hot water with the tailor, but I never do very good high kicks or anything like that.
2: No, <laughs> does, does she get? Either. Does she get to have like a sort of quite like moments of violence herself?
3: Um, maybe
2: I was so bad. I should never do anything with any spoilers. But <laughs> if I,
3: yeah, but maybe I,
0: I at times, <laughs> I, I admit, who knows? I admit I found it quite. There were times when it was it was violent, but I was too into the story. Like, I, this is what happened to me in Breaking Bad as well. I started out, I was so into the characters that when the violence came, I was able to, like, just mm. look away.
2: But it's, we were saying as well before, like, it's quite cartoonish violence. It's.
0: I think you're watching different cartoons from me.
3: <laughs> no, it is It is violent. It is, um, but there uh, is a... There uh, is a <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I'm really...
2: Into I know what you mean. It's
0: not lingering on gruesome images. It's not, but there's. there are things in it that I had to look away from for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah okay, okay. I think that I'm able to, like, if the suggestion of stuff, I don't then imagine it. Because there's a lot of suggested stuff that then you'd sort of fill in the blanks in your head. I did have to look away there. So right, it's right just right.
0: heads up. You might have to look away. But the characters, and I, do, I did find it just very empowering watching an, an, an ordinary woman who'd had a very bad time just sort of jumping into an adventure Although yeah. an inadvisable adventure, if you find uh, millions of pounds of cocaine and some dead bodies <laughs> on the beach, definitely, oh, no. dead police officers on the
3: beach, definitely don't. Oh my God. Don't.
0: Don't put that cocaine in your car.
3: No, never do that. I mean, I, I value my sleep so much. I just could you not could, do that. No. What,
0: because of the sleep? Well, lose. yeah,
3: I would never sleep again. If <laughs> you think about
0: it, like you just wouldn't, would yeah, you? it's true, it's true. So mostly because you're like, you'd be just lying awake at
3: night. It's I just true. can't bear just like out. feeling guilty or anxious. So it'd be, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I li- what I like about Janet is she's also quite, she's sort of quite tough with Samuel. She's quite like, oh. I mean, she's quite dry, and she sort of leads him a little bit. He's, he's, you know, he sort of, he sort of persuaded her to do this thing. But she's got this quite. She's sort of figuring out who everyone is. Um, She's got a sort of natural intelligence, rather, you know, in in a way that I I thought think she's fun, and then therefore she can then change her story.
0: Yes, in that way, it feels a bit like Matilda. You've got to write your own story no one yeah. but me is going to change my story yeah and i feel like she's doing she's such such a low ebb she does something really dramatic to at least kind of feel like she's alive mm. but uh, you know uh, uh, and, and i do think it's very very well written and very well acted and very stylish
2: and speaking of writing one's own story yeah you were speaking about how you're, you're going to sit down and sort of start writing yeah. something new again. And we we were talking about like your creative process before the records, and I wondered if you would share it with the, the, um, the listening audience. It's
3: terrible. It's so <laughs> shameful. I was basically saying that it got so... I, I had to do some writing, so I got a puppy with a broken <laughs> leg, and I had to hold the puppy for two months, and I didn't write anything. So my levels of procrastination are like... We need are, to clarify, she didn't go into the book oh, home sorry, asking yeah, what sounds, with a broken leg. <laughs> so I got much. a text with someone saying, hey, look at this cute little puppy. And I was like, yes. And I did not need it, and I was meant to be writing. So yeah, my, my ability to not write is immense. And now I am trying to do it. So I've asked the woman from the dog's home to not text me <laughs>
1: three months. <laughs> Literally,
0: <laughs> please don't do that. If you have, in fact, you were told had a broken elbow, which, which I've yeah, they called see. it elbow. They called it elbow. Yeah. So if you have, if you or your dog has a broken elbow,
3: please do not contact Daisy. Please, Hi. I'm because begging she will you. will take you in. I, ha- uh, I will, I will. I just, oh yes, please don't, <laughs> <laughs> because she will, she yeah.
0: will procrastinate. I will uh, uh, use your broken elbow as a procrastination tool i 'm um, intrigued to know Chloe what you like to question. Is there anything that you question day to day that you sort of think my qu- my thing my big thing that I question
2: is i 'm
0: um, oh, buying you time. my big thing that I question
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you no I think the thing that i I have to question is like um, people 's motives for stuff because I feel like there was like a long period uh, recently where I was getting really annoyed with the general public at everything that they do because I feel like everyone just gets in your way constantly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when, when people are sort of walking towards... The other day, a group of friends walked towards me five abreast like they were scanning the moors for a murder victim. And I was so fucked off. But I think the thing that I now question is their motives. And I try and remind myself that people aren't walking around the world trying to spite me. You know? Yeah. They're just thinking about themselves yeah and i find that quite like a freeing thing yeah thing
0: i question who i'd be if i hadn't been raised in a patriarchy i've no idea what i would be or what i would be like interesting i think about that too do you think yeah
2: Do you do you have any like theories? Um, because I feel like theories? we're born now?
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, in yeah, yeah. Extent. I mean, oh, not that we're not still in a No. You know, I know <laughs> yeah, what you mean. No, Young but people, a... well, your daughters well, okay, who were going. Why are you putting makeup
3: on? Why do you need to do? I makeup? was so happy. Um, that my, we went to Greece and um, we went to this lovely beach, and my daughter just suddenly looked absolutely livid, and she said, "Look at that!" And it said, "No women could be topless." And she said, we're not coming back here.
1: Because <laughs>
3: she was so angry. She's like, there are all these men with their boobies out, she said. But wow. why can't we get our boobies out? We're going. I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. That's and incredible. She's Great. And yeah. she's nine, so I feel like there's the question... Like, I don't think I would have said that at nine. How... nip will be free by the time she's 21.
2: <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how have you, like, raised such strong, independent young women? I mean... <laughs> i i don't know i i very we're
3: very honest in our house very right. straight up i mean to the point where someone came up to me and said you know elsie's saying she doesn't want to have a baby because of how much she said it hurt." <laughs> and i was like oh i probably shouldn't have told <laughs> she's only she's only nine um you know but but you just, don't lie about it but i'm you... just straight we're just quite straight up i suppose um but also i think that that the, like you know they don't want to watch something they're like is there a woman is there a baby? is there a girl in it and they're like, I'm not watching that. It's not going to girls in it. So they have just there's just a different thing happening mm. than maybe what. And I, I guess it's
2: like a uh, you you've given them the like power and agency to ask questions. I guess by like listening to the questions. Whereas yeah, I, I suppose, suppose we, we are you just kidding. very open,
3: I suppose we talk a lot about death or you know like you know we talk about life and death. We just talk a lot. Yeah. And so yeah, sometimes I worry that they're googling angry vaginas and I've messed <laughs> up a bit. But you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but when I was a kid, I think I would be told because that's the way it is. And I would see a lot of, that's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. And then I would be told, because that's the way it is. And there was a sort of, the, the grown-up's word was law feel. And I think we were not encouraged to question, and we didn't have exactly. the internet, mm-hmm. so we couldn't sneak off and go, well, well I'm going to ask the internet, or I'm going to ask my peers. Because we what we had was what our teachers said, our parents said, and what was in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. who, are you going to question colonisation with yeah. that? Because you look it up and it says, oh, it was, went well...
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> and that's what you knew
0: you know no, no one yeah. told you you know and so you had to there's this generation of autodidacts now who get on there and you know come you know like your daughters and they are questioning stuff and they are I think it's what I like about the sound of your daughters is the they've got this audacity built in of mm-hmm. like I mum we're not staying here yeah well I do well, yeah that's wrong why and then you're like Well, <laughs> but yeah yeah you you you're you're be, it's built into the way they think and so whereas we have to undo that work yeah you know it's, there'll it's, be other it's, things
3: it's, it's, yeah there'll be other things but there is something else that's sort of like in them that at an age which which i don't think we were allowed mm-hmm. to yeah to have or feel
0: Can I ask, my favourite character of yours is your character in episodes, who I feel you made so much (laughs) of, because that character could, that part could have been forgettable, I think. And you made that character so memorable. Could I interact with that character for a second?
3: Could I
0: say, um, uh, so... um, I can't smile,
3: it's really hard. So she's a
0: development exec. Yeah. Um, What's her name?
3: Myra Licht. Myra, yeah, Myra, she's one. Am I meant to be becoming two. her? I don't know why I'm going. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, Myra. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask Myra, what did you think of Boat Story?
3: It's very funny. <laughs> it um, was really funny. That's um, all she ever said.
0: Did you have any notes that you thought
3: could make it better? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then she would nod, and then she wouldn't say anything. She wouldn't have anything. It
0: was the faces that you used to pull and the way that your mouth would contort and then stay in that
3: grimace. Oh, it's so funny. I I all the outtakes were us all me going. Would everybody find it hard not to laugh when yes. you were doing that? Yeah, and but mostly me because I'm, I I am quite smiley naturally and it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to be really sad for <laughs> oh. <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, so yeah, mostly me. I'd just be like, sorry. Everyone was like, all right, just you know get there in your own time.
0: But she would sit there and she would just hold her
3: terrible opinions. But she was terrified. I think but yeah she'd hold her terrible opinions there was a whole scene where she said that why were there so many bats in a script but it was beat it was a, it was beat, a beat which, which is a pause. pause she's like what about the bats and everyone was like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she, but then she when she's questioned she just goes mm, yeah yeah it's <laughs> 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 my favourite so I'm delighted I got to interact I, with can't, no, I haven't no. done that since I was in a pub about ten years ago Oh, so i drunk so... guy.
0: Do no, you did it drunkenly i want to know some
3: guy said can you do myra and then i did it and he went yeah i just never found her that funny
1: oh
3: <laughs> man, man, man 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 man
0: he's the man you're going to get a penis from um uh well listen uh is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say in general or about boat story
3: uh i'm a feminist <gasps> but, yes great <laughs> I'm a feminist, but for some reason I felt I had to be really fun when I was giving birth. (laughs) (laughs) You had to be fun? I I don't know. I thought about this the other day. I woke up at night and I said to (gasps) Joe, I was like, I did some jokes, didn't I? He went, yeah, it was so weird. (laughs) Oh my God. I had some social responsibility in the room whilst giving birth. Can I say with no epidural, with like um, gas and air, with a drip (gasps) induction, which is really painful? Basically, sorry, um, this is why my kids don't want kids. Um, uh, And uh, so it was really painful, and there was no. But I sort of felt like I had to keep the ball in the air. (laughs) Like somebody on me was like, "Does anyone need any snacks?" At one point, (laughs) at one point, I did what I thought was a. Playful wink to my husband, and he later told me that's why he ran out and called someone because he thought I was like you know having a stroke. Having a stroke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like,
3: <laughs> I know it's awful, but I did. Th- I would not do that now. But there was some part of me that was like, "We've got to make this fun for him."
0: <laughs> I totally relate to that social responsibility It was a social responsibility. It's also what I do in times of great stress. Um, yeah. uh, when I was trying to have a child, which I did not do, but it's all right. It's turned out fine. Um, I my uh, fertility doctor always used to say, "Oh, you're so fun." I wish all my other she said all my other patients are always crying. Because they're coming because they're struggling to have a child. And you're always so fun. But my joke rate goes up. Oh, yeah. About 100%. Everything I said was like, like a quick... <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> trying to knock up Dorothy Parker. And it and it was it's just what happens in me if a situation is stressful. I'm like... Bada-bing, bada-boom, bada-bing, bada-boom. Yeah, I know. Me
3: too. It's like, you know, don't surrender to it. Somehow not surrendering to the stress and yeah Trying i hold something but that is cr- i mean i can't believe i did, I, did I can't
0: imagine if i was actually squeezing a baby
3: out of so baby, not at that, that. so there's like gaps obviously between but i would be like i don't i mean because honestly it was so you know i was but i'd be like <laughs> i don't know what i was doing maybe making my Me- then i then he put on he had a playlist because you know men love their playlists during, <laughs> during a birth and at one point and i did at one point Cause he's a musician as well so he took it really seriously there's one really sort of trippy piece and i was a bit like wow this is like he's planning my death this <laughs> <It's just very laughs> um he wasn't he wasn't um, but then there was a song that was like really i don't know all i know is i went no <laughs> and i went too many words and he went okay. <laughs> and he pressed skip and then it all yeah that's I
0: know. so funny so I love that what you brought was the ability to bring life into the world with great pain and what he brought was a, a
3: really good playlist um, yeah. well,
0: it doesn't sound like it was that good
3: actually <laughs> not you know? that one, that was just him like going wow this is going to be quite epic, let's put this epic and I was a bit like
2: no thank you okay. uh, that's so gendered though that you, you, yeah, you're yeah, you trying to people please during your birth I and know. He's going, have you heard of Radiohead
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note um, do check out Breeders um, episodes and Back to Life uh, in November, Boat Story comes out. Boat Story is in November, yeah. It's no, so
2: good. It's, Go watch it. It's it, incredible. We
0: were both, like, absolutely gripped, weren't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It ruined my afternoon. I was meant to do so much <laughs> other stuff, but
0: yeah, <laughs> instead I was just sat there us. watching
2: brilliant television.
0: We, we were absolutely gripped. It was, uh, it was genuinely compelling, and I do feel there's a real people element, and there is a sort of not trying to make the violent stuff
3: sexy, Yes. And not trying to make you a sexy mink no. on the run. I got to wear no makeup and not have sex. It was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but exciting and somehow, I don't know, there's something about it. There's something hum, very human in the centre of it. that you. I mean, you are portraying that character and Pastor Joseph is portraying that character very brilliantly and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Oh, thank um, you. So check out Boat Story BBC One this autumn. Um, big round of applause for the incredible Daisy Haggard! you. <laughs> you have to listening to the guilty members with me, the like guest guys, projets, and our very special guest, Daisy Haggard, the recording engineer Mr. Sharp, the Guilty Family's theme tree is composed by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Salinsky from the sponsored data shop. Thanks to Rachel Craft the Genesis here, Sana Muhammad and everyone at King's Place as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit Guilty guiltyfaminist.com! that was absolutely... You smashed I know what that. I'm doing. What, you know, whatever they say about Zoe Pets. <laughs> <it's>, it can't <laughs> be a running joke. We can't, yeah. because that won't be in the show, because that part won't be in the show. So that cannot be a running joke.
2: Yeah, but we, but we know us, and it will be. No, it won't The same be. as... I, Zoe will be asking for dick pics the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Even into the second record, which isn't meant to have any callbacks in no, it. No, it's going to be the worst.
0: The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.